cocktails podcast i hope you guys are all doing well and staying safe i'm so happy that we have finally reached halfway through season one of talks over cocktails podcast and to me it's just so exciting so mind-blowing and i'm super thankful and grateful um that i was able to finally embark in this journey um i know however uh it's been a minute or two since we last spoke due to the fact that there wasn't an episode posted last monday and i made a post on instagram explaining briefly um the reasoning as to why i just did not um feel comfortable and at ease to post an episode um because normally here on talks over cocktails We talk about a lot of fun subjects, Um, we are always like in a nice bubbly mood, sipping on a cocktail and having a conversation. However, for those of you who saw my post, I briefly explained that due to the recent attacks and casualties that have been happening in the region of Artsakh, I just did not feel at ease uh, to post an episode and it was just not the right time and moment um, to be to be posting an episode on relationships or advice and whatnot. And this episode might be a lot different from what we normally film and talk about here at Talks Over Cocktails, um, just because I feel like that I have this platform of a podcast and I have this voice where I can come up here and talk about it and share some awareness, some insight, some knowledge and educate my listeners as to the real facts and the situation that is happening right now in Artsakh and Armenia. Just the other day, I received so many text messages and phone calls as to, oh my god, Nairi, um, we've been seeing your posts on Instagram um, and you you keep sharing over and over again, but I don't understand why it's happening. How did this all start? Where is it all coming from? And I got all of these questions from so many people that they're not fully aware on the real facts as to, again, why this is happening, where is it coming from and whatnot. And all these questions that came up and I said, you know what, I have this voice, I have this platform of a podcast. It's, even though it's not a subject that um, I normally or ever anticipated talking about here on this show, um, I think that it is something very important and that I feel the responsibility and the need Um, to talk about this and more so that how this episode might be a bit more different than than all the other episodes of talks over cocktails i will not be sipping on a cocktail just because i don't find it appropriate at all uh, to be sipping on a cocktail while talking about such a sensitive and uh, very delicate subject Uh, but in fact i am sipping on a cup of coffee but there is a correlation between this coffee that I'm drinking um, with everything that's happening in Artsakh in Armenia. Because there was a picture that got posted on the media and it was actually the president of Artsakh where they were sipping a morning cup of coffee, which in Armenian we say surj. And it is basically the traditional coffee that they drink in Armenia. And uh, someone took um, that picture and wrote, share a cup of coffee with a soldier, donate $5 to Armenia Fund. 
that's where I found that it was appropriate and relatable uh, to be drinking a cup of coffee uh, instead of a cocktail. Basically how I want to go about this episode, just to inform you guys as to what is currently happening right now and how it all started and where it all began and the history aspect of it um, that dates back all the way to when World War I started. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, So a lot of people ask me questions like what is happening in Artsakh and Armenia. On September 27th, 2020, the country of Azerbaijan violated its ceasefire that they had with the Republic of Artsakh and launched attacks and basically executed military strikes on the area of Artsakh. But then a lot of people also asked, but what is Artsakh? Where is it located? And why is it also called Nagorno-Karabakh? So you guys are going to hear me mention both names of Artsakh and Nagorno-Karabakh, but essentially they're both the same region. They're both the same territory. It's the the same land. It's the same place, um, but it just has two names. And I'm going to explain to you guys as to why does it have two different names. So Artsakh, although it is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan, is an independent republic that is located in the South Caucasus and 95% of Artsakh is populated by ethnic Armenians for over centuries now. Why is it that they're fighting around this region and what is the real history behind this? Armenia being one of the most ancient countries in the world has always fought for its independence, for its rights to live, for its rights to to have its own territory and its land. So as World War I began, it was in 1915 when Turkey under the Ottoman Empire committed genocide by killing and massacring 1.5 million Armenians and basically attempted to eliminate and to annihilate all Armenians. And as a consequence of the Armenian genocide, not only did we lose uh, the lives of so many of our people, but also had the majority of our lands taken away. Therefore, what resulted from that situation was the creation of a smaller Armenia and the creation of the diaspora of Armenians. And that is the reason as to why there are 3 million Armenians who live in Armenia currently, but there are 10 million diaspora of Armenians who live all around the world. And basically, this is a question that I come across a lot when people ask me about my nationality and where was I born and whatnot. Every time I tell someone I'm Armenian, they're like, oh, so were you born there or were you born here? And I say, no, I was born in, in Montreal, Canada. And they're like, oh, okay, so your parents were born in Armenia? And I said, no, my mom is born in Iraq and my dad is born in Syria. And they're like, okay, so then how are you Armenian? And so it always dates back to the Armenian genocide. When it happened in 1915, my great-grandmother and grandfathers, they escaped the genocide and they had to survive it one way or another. And just the other day, I was talking to my grandmother and it was a very emotional conversation that we had because I asked her and I said, Grandma, how did great-grandma survive the Armenian genocide? And how is it that you were born in Syria, dad was born in Syria? She started talking to me about the story of how it all happened um, and how they escaped and they survived. And it was a very... Honestly, it was a very emotional conversation and it was very hard for her to tell me this story without um, tearing up. 
And it really resonated inside of me because for how important it is because of what we are facing right now even. But moving forward um, with the whole history aspect, uh, so after the genocide, basically whatever was left of Armenia was forced to join the Soviet Union. Why Armenia and Azerbaijan are fighting over the region of Artsakh right now. There has always been conflict and friction for centuries between the Christian-majority Armenians and Muslim-majority Azerbaijanis. However, most of the blame of this territorial fighting of the Republic of Artsakh is blamed on Joseph Stalin, who was the former Soviet Union leader. A few years later after the genocide, it was around 1923 if I'm not mistaken, um, under his ruling, he gave the region of Nagorno-Karabakh to Azerbaijan and it was a gesture to appease Turkey. So once that happened, technically that region was under the ruling of Azerbaijanis. However, it was in the late 1980s, beginning 1990s if I'm not mistaken, during the, the crash and the fall of the Soviet Union, the residents of Nagorno-Karabakh voted to become an independent region and that's when they called it the Republic of Artsakh. That happened exactly in 1991 if I'm not mistaken and and shortly during that same time, Armenia declared their second independence. And uh, if, for those of you who have seen, there are very big similarities between flag of Armenia and the flag of the Republic of Artsakh. Both flags um, have the equal bands of red, blue, and orange. However, the one of Artsakh is differentiated by an added white stepped pattern, I would say, um, that basically represents the separation of the Republic of Artsakh to Armenia. Even though the fact that we were able to claim independence from Azerbaijan, the land and the territory still remains inside the country of Azerbaijan. So that is why, until this day, we have not been able to unite the Republic of Artsakh to be a part of the country of Armenia. That white-stepped pattern represents the separation of both places, like uh, the separation of Armenia and Artsakh, and the hope of basically being able to reunite back with Armenia. And for some of you that may not know uh, what the Armenian flag represents, so like I said, it's red, blue, and orange bands. Uh, the red stands for the blood that was shed by all Armenian people in the past. The blue is for the unchanging, um, beautiful Armenian sky. And the orange is for the courage and the hard work that our Armenian people have put the effort in our land. And in fact, it is also uh, the color of one of the main fruits in Armenia, uh, apricots. Um, so the orange represents that as well. Um, but speaking of fruit also, I wanted to mention this, um, you may not be aware, but pomegranate is one of the main fruits in Armenian culture. If ever you guys have the chance to go, which I strongly encourage you guys to do so, you will see that at every souvenir corner shop, you will find anything and everything that has to do with pomegranates, whether it's keychains, accessories, necklaces, all souvenirs places have uh, some pomegranate shaped objects. And what it symbolizes in Armenia is that it represents fertility, abundance, and marriage. And in fact, there are so many organizations here 
who are um, selling products and donating all their proceeds to Armenia Fund, an organization that is collecting money to send to the people of Artsakh in Armenia. And uh, I actually bought a phone case um, from a company called Love and Apricots. Um, the girl who makes them, her name is Karin, and we actually went to high school together. And I found that it was such a great initiative. And the phone case that I bought has some pomegranates in the back. And in fact, uh, pomegranate is also my favorite fruit. So I think it was very great initiative um, for all of these companies who are helping out. Once the local Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh were able to claim their independence, Azerbaijan was of course not happy and not pleased by that. And they declared a full-blown war that lasted up until May 1994 when both the Republic of Artsakh and Azerbaijan signed an open-ended ceasefire agreement which means that Azerbaijan cannot attack the Republic of Artsakh and the Republic of Artsakh cannot attack Azerbaijan and until this day that ceasefire has remained however it has not been followed um, completely by Azerbaijan because it, there has been attacks and it has been broken multiple times before not only just right now in 2020 but it happened in 2016 when there was a four-day war um, that Azerbaijan broke its ceasefire agreement and started attacking the Republic of Artsakh and so basically what this whole fight is all about is that Azerbaijan is committing these attacks to take control over the territory of Nagorno-Karabakh again. To know that we are in 2020 and this is happening all over again, it to us is just unacceptable and it is so heartbreaking. It is absolutely terrible and and to us the fact that it is happening again, it is essentially another genocide. It is a massacre and a human rights violation that we are not going to be accepting this any longer. And in addition to top it all off, Turkey and Azerbaijan are each other's allies. Azerbaijan has received assistance in the form of military aid from Turkey during these attack where Turkey has sent and paid Syrian jihadist mercenaries to fight on behalf of Azerbaijan in order to take control of Artsakh. Basically what this is to us and our theory and I think it is a very strong theory and fact that this is a way for Turkey to continue their long-time goal, what they call a pan-Turkism state. The only thing that is stopping them from creating this pan-Turkism state is Armenia and the Republic of Artsakh. In other words, basically what they are trying to do is obliterate all Armenia and its people, which is the continuation of the Armenian Genocide. And in fact, this is a quote that Turkey's president stated on July 22nd, we will continue to fulfill this mission, which our grandfathers have carried out for centuries in the Caucasian again. Basically to me, that is a full-blown statement that this is what they're trying to do. And in fact, as I also quote a Turkish basketball player, his name is Ines Kanter, if I'm saying it right, he said Erdogan is the Hitler of our century and you know what I think that is the truest fact that I've ever read um, throughout this entire time because he is they even look alike with that being said um, there has also been questions that that people have asked mostly 
why isn't the media covering this? And I remember when I was talking to people, they even said it like, oh, I haven't heard this on the, on the news. I haven't, I haven't heard the media talk about this. The main reason as to why is that Turkey is an ally of the United States. And not only that, but there is the coronavirus is taking precedence over the media outlets. There is the U.S. elections that are also taking precedence. The whole war that is happening in Artsakh right now and the suffering of the Armenian people is not an important factor for some news media outlets. And in addition, the Azerbaijan government only allows local and Turkish journalists to cover the to come in their country and cover the conflict. Meanwhile, in Armenia, you have journalists from all over the world. Everyone is welcome to come and report what is happening. So I'm not saying this only because I'm Armenian, but from the facts that I've seen, the history books that are out there, we are not the aggressors. Turkey and Azerbaijan have come together because they are each other's allies and they keep on saying that we are the aggressors, that we started this war. There are only 3 million Armenians living in Armenia right now. And if you combine the population of Azerbaijan and Turkey, you're looking at a total of over 88 million if I'm not mistaken. So how the hell are we the aggressors in this situation? To me, it just does not make sense. And what is happening right now is a total human rights violation and it needs to be stopped. With COVID-19 happening, a crumbling economy, Armenia and its people can simply not handle another major crisis or a potential war with Azerbaijan or its allies. We are literally watching history repeat itself where it has become a threat to not only Armenians, but to people everywhere in the world. It, to me, it is, it is heartbreaking, it is very frustrating, it is unacceptable. And this is why us Armenians from all over the world, we have come together, united as one, and we have started doing multiple protests. And when I say from all over the world, I mean it from all over the world. From Montreal, Toronto, Los Angeles, New York, Washington DC, Brussels, Paris, uh, Helsinki, London, Los Angeles, like one of the biggest homes to the largest Armenian community outside of the country of Armenia. We are posting all kinds of news, all kinds of information on our social media networks to get other people involved and to make them aware, become educated on what is happening right now. And with that being said, um, there are many ways to help the Armenian people um, in a way that if you can just spread awareness, there are many different and safe organizations um, that you guys are able to donate to. The number one being Armenia Fund, uh, which right now, they, if I'm not mistaken, they've raised approximately $80 million and it keeps on going. And to me, this is where I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I am staying hopeful. I'm staying mindful. I know for a fact that Artsakh is ours. Artsakh has always been ours and it will always be ours. And at the end of the day, I know for a fact that we will get through this and that our people will strive again and will rise on top. With all that being said, I want to take this moment and um, conclude this episode. Um, some strong words that was written by an Armenian poet. His name is William Saroyan. I should like to see any power of the world destroy this race, this small tribe of unimportant people 
whose wars have all been fought and lost, whose structures have crumbled, literature is unread, music is unheard, and prayers are no more answered. Go ahead, destroy Armenia. See if you can do it. Send them in the desert without bread or water. Burn their homes and churches. Then see if they will not laugh, sing, and pray again. For when two of them meet anywhere in the world, see if they will not create a new Armenia. Thank you guys again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope that I have shared some knowledge, some insight, and educated um, those of you who were not aware of these current situations that have been going on. Every single day, my thoughts and prayers are with my Armenian people, my Armenian soldiers who are sacrificing their lives on the front line of our borders. I know that we will win this fight. Thank you.